Hey everybody, welcome to the Spark the Artist podcast. My name is Matthew Meadows. And I'm Stephen Duncan. Hey Matthew, what's your favorite animal? Dog. Interesting. So today we were talking to Michaela Staudenheimer, a friend of ours who is directing the show Wrinkle in Time, which is actually going to be going up next week. And it was a really great conversation talking about her directing and acting um, and just all kinds of different stuff. Really fun conversation. We hope you guys enjoy. Everybody, we're here with Michaela Staudenheimer today. How are you doing today? I am good. How about you guys? Doing all right. Yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about um, what you do here at the Art Center. All right. Um, so I am the director of the Kids Straight Theater Department and also the Juniors Straight Plays. So yeah, no musicals for me, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Right on. And what are you working on now? So, um, well, Velveteen Rabbit just wrapped up a couple weeks ago. And right now, uh, we are like two weeks away from Wrinkle in Time. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I kind of want to just give you two the floor. Because for those of you listening, Michaela's the director, Matthew's the stage manager. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hanging out at this point. <laughs> um but yeah, so these are kind of, especially in this where we're talking about Wrinkle, both of you can feel free to just like tag team off of this, but right. like, I don't know, just talk about the the story itself and stuff that you particularly like about it and, and just kind of give people a, a rundown of the story. Okay, so Wrinkle in Time is um, based off of a book by that title from the 60s, and it is about a girl named Meg Murray and she is very self-deprecating and um, although she's extremely smart and she has a little brother named Charles Wallace and he is kind of a special kid as far as um, he's got like kind of telepathic powers and he can kind of sense things and really cool kid. But essentially the play starts off with them talking about how their father has been missing on a government mission, basically, for the past year. And they haven't talked to him. The government won't tell them where he is. And they are starting to suspect that he's lost and that the government doesn't even know. So what happens is... um, Now, this is where it gets kind of confusing. So (laughs) it goes into the sci-fi realm where... There's these three ladies, Mrs. Mrs. Witch, Mrs. What's-It, and Mrs. Who. And they are, I guess you could call them maybe guardian angels or these um, extraterrestrial kind of beings that are, I don't want to say all-knowing because they're definitely not gods, but they're, they're, they have powers. Yeah. And they are trying to set the kids on a mission to go and rescue their father who is trapped on a dark planet. And by dark planet, I mean, essentially there is this, it goes into stranger things territory, 
um, for any of you all who love that show. Um, there's like this collective consciousness that is evil and has taken over this planet and it controls everybody. Everybody does the same thing. Everybody, do, you know, doesn't have to make their own decisions. They are essentially robots and the, the brain that controls the place, uh, which is named it, the brain, um, is, is a dark force and has father trapped. So they go on a mission to rescue him and... No spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah, no more spoilers. <laughs> it's pretty fun, though. Going through different different planets and space and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's a good summary yeah. without spoiling too much. So what's been, um, for one or both of you, like what's been... Um, just one of your favorite parts of working on this show so far. Hmm. Definitely getting to go outside of the box of what we usually do around here. Um, just as you know, as you just heard that whole setting and um, all the backgrounds and, you know, all of that lends a lot of opportunity for us to you know do really cool stuff with lighting with the set yeah. with props with just uh, a lot of different stuff that we haven't done before and so like this is the first show I've stage managed so for me it's been really cool to see how the kids grow um, not only in their characters but like in their comfortability on stage and then just like in their relationships with each other as well I just think that I think that's been my favorite part of it so far um, I mean, I can say this is probably one of my favorite sets that I've made yeah. ever. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's cool. And I feel like there was a certain level of excitement about it, even just from the initial uh, meetings to kind of plan it out, even before auditions happened. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's just such a different show. Yeah. Like, there's so much that we've never gotten the chance to do that we finally get the chance to do and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And I feel like at least especially between the three of us, like there's a there's a willingness to just try out anything and everything. Mm -hmm. Um like, oh, this would probably be cool. Let's yeah. try this and just keep adding a bunch of stuff that's going to be really awesome. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yes, absolutely. I am equally Nervous and excited, but of course that's just yeah. director, you know, director nerves getting to me. Yeah. But um, yeah, everybody listening, you need to come see the show. It's gonna be so great. So tell us a little bit about your background with theater. Like, how'd you get into it? What kind of stuff have you done? That kind of thing. Okay. So I, I've been doing theater since I was a little kid. Um, it actually goes back gosh, my first play, I was probably five. Um, my dad um, is an actor and he played Scrooge in the Gospel According to Scrooge for several years. And so I got to grow up watching him, you know, be a lead in a show and being on stage with him. Um, I played one of the Cratchit kids. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, right, right, Matthew, there you go. Yeah, he Bob played Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. So. <laughs> Not in that, of course. That was way before his time. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 
I grew up in kind of a theatrical sort of inclined family anyway. Um, actually, my mom was in that show too, but she doesn't really do stuff anymore. Uh, and so growing up, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I did a little bit of theater here and there. But then I kind of got, I was, I was too nervous to kind of go out of my shell and, you know, do what I knew I could do. So, um, and that kind of, that was throughout my whole like teenage years and experience. I was just awkward and shy and major social anxiety, which you would never think now knowing me. But, um, in high school and it was my sophomore year, I decided that I didn't want to be that way anymore. And so I decided to join drama class, uh, at CEC, which is, yeah, CEC, that's where me and Steven went. And uh, that's where the wonderful Mrs. Kathy Davis um, taught us over there. And that's how I um, met her and, and all that. So I joined drama and I just decided to kind of let loose and see where it would take me. And I really loved it. And it kind of just sparked a, just a whole new passion for it that was all my own. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And then after high school, actually it was before I even graduated, I got into um, a theater company called Who Done It Murder Mystery Theater, and they are Louisville-based, and basically it, it is what it sounds like. It's like a dinner theater, and they have basically originally written um, murder mysteries, and there's three, usually three scenes, and you know three courses to your meal. So in between scenes, the actors actually come out to the audience and talk to each table and we have to be in character and we have to answer any question that the audience asks and we have to tell the truth. And of course you're wondering, well, then of course they'll know who the murderer is, right? Well, that's the only thing we're allowed to lie about. So uh, you really had to get to know your backstory um, doing that and you had to really understand who your character was, what you were doing, and not just that, but you had to discuss it with the other actors. Um, so you would know if, you know, like if you were married in a show, you'd have to know, okay, where, when did you guys get married? What was your story? How did you meet? All this different stuff. Um, that is, um, that history has really helped me, I think, direct and help kids understand, you know, three-dimensional characters and right. what that means. So, uh, I did, I've done probably, I don't know, seven or eight shows with them. And I did some site managing, which is like stage manager light. It's <laughs> the only way I can really put it. It's a way smaller theater company. So nothing crazy like here. Um, and I ended up, uh, assistant directing two of their shows and then di finally directed my very first play with them in, I think it was early 2016. So that had really good reviews and yeah, that's how I started directing and all that. And then here you are. Yep. Yeah. And I'm here. <laughs> hey everybody. We're just interrupting the podcast here for a second to tell you about some stuff that's coming up here at the art center. So first, Matthew's going to talk about the upcoming show, Wrinkle in Time, which he is stage managing. Wrinkle in Time, on November 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, get your tickets on 
the Eldon County Schools Art Center website. O-C-S-ArtCenter.org. That one. Yeah. Also, you can get your tickets for Singing in the Rain a week after that, which would make Singing in the Rain, please hold, please hold, please hold, November 15th, 16th, and 17th. Both are going to be amazing shows. Obviously, today's podcast was with the director of Wrinkle in Time, so, you know, that's what we're pushing today. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, go online, check it out, uh, get your tickets. We'd love to see you come out and support those shows. All right, back to the podcast. Nice. I feel like you were talking about learning character development and how... Um, how that's helped you as a director. I feel like that keeps coming up. Yeah. The more of these we do, like, um, just how important that is. Because um, we were talking to Audrey Plesha on the last podcast, and she was coming at it just from an actor's standpoint, which I know all three of us can talk about it from the actor's standpoint, but yeah, as, as directors, it's so important to understand character development too. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting how that kind of keeps coming up. Yeah. For sure. It's a huge thing. And I think it's great, too, because something that I think people overlook, uh, which is a great benefit of doing theater as you grow up, it really helps you to understand other people's experiences and other hmm. people's lives. And, you know, like if you have a, a play that was set in, you know, 1800s, you kind of understand their way of life and the way that they would think and feel and the things that they would experience um, day to day. And so that always changes no matter what, you know, show uh, you're doing. So right. it's very important. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's really interesting too how, how theater acting, just being in the arts serves to um, help people grow as people, like mm -hmm. really come into their own and come into their personalities. Yeah. Um, that's that's also been another common thread of like just different ways that um, being involved in theater or the arts has has helped different people that we've talked to and like you just you mentioned that you know you wanted to kind of break out a little bit and mm -hmm. and come out of your shell and so you decided to do theater and then it springboarded you into being like a totally different person yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thankful for that oh yeah, and I'm sure, I, I feel like all three of us probably had a... Yeah, I mean, that was almost exactly my, like, experience with it as well. Like, when I first, when I did my first show, I was, like, before the show, I was a completely different person after I, yeah. like... Well, actually, I would have to say I probably had a really opposite experience with it, because I feel like I never shut up, <laughs> and, and yeah. never, like, thought through anything that I was saying, and after I got into theater that totally changed and I became way more introverted wow yeah that's interesting yeah so I had an odd like reverse experience of that yeah, <laughs> yeah I could see that though it makes you think more deeply and you know think about what you're saying and yeah. what that means and how other people take it and react yeah. to it I think that's that's interesting 
because the more you, I feel like the more you work with language and the more you work with like words, the more impact they have. Mm-hmm. Like you realize what you say can make a big impact on somebody's life. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and what's funny to me is like, I used to get in trouble as a kid for talking too much. <laughs> like I would legit, my parents would get me into trouble for talking too much. Um, and I just went on a vacation over the summer and I was really proud of the fact that I got through an entire week and said less than a hundred words. And that was like a really like relieving thing to me. And I felt so great about it. Did you have your little counter and you were like, I should have done that. That would have been really funny. I like go through a drive through or something. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Ah, that was a waste of three. Yeah. I don't know. So it is just interesting how being involved in the arts um, affects people yeah. differently. I think it's always positive, no matter what. Yeah. I've never heard somebody, you know, be in a show and whether they're scared or excited about it and then come out, you know, after and be like, that was a terrible experience. Yeah. Like, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. I've never heard that. Not once. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so talk about the difference well, if you would, <laughs> um, talk about the difference, I guess, between, or if your perception of theater changed a little bit between being an actor and then working into being a director. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, as an actor, I feel like you don't, I don't know, you just don't think as deeply as you should or could about about a character, about your, about the show as a whole. And it's really, it's really helped me when thinking about what shows to choose and thinking about who I need to cast in certain characters. Um, and yeah, um, I know I'm getting off topic here, but it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I thought of while you were saying that is I think you're absolutely right that a lot of actors don't necessarily tend to think as deeply as they could, especially about the show in like general. Like big picture stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I And I haven't really acted properly in anything in a couple of years. Um, but even just being in the dance ensemble in Dolly over the summer. <laughs> yeah. That was intense. Okay. That was super intense. <laughs> that one, okay, that one scene where we were in Harmonia Gardens oh, yeah. and we were all running we across the stage. That was insane. <laughs> yes. That mm. I love it. We've all been but in then the show together. It's so great. Yeah. Then I just had to like march through all y'all with someone. Yeah. yeah that mm. And I caught that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, like even I just noticed that as I was in that show, I was so much more conscious of everything that was going on around me when I was on stage than I had ever been before, even though I had significantly less to do. Like, even just down to my spatial awareness and knowing where everybody was, like, I was so much more in tune with the big picture. And maybe I should have been more, like, personally in tuned and, like, known song lyrics, but that's, <laughs> that is beside the point. Shh, we won't tell. Um, this is the time you can admit that. Though. Oh, <laughs> people, that the show's months over. after the people show. People knew. <laughs> they, 
They put me front and center in one of those things. <laughs> Is that why you guys have to stay so late rehearsing that song? No, oh, no, 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 not that that's one. That's not why. Oh, okay, it was okay. when we had to do the, the train. Um, oh, that was, that our, was our little human train. Yeah. And then it was me. Oh, Sunday close. And, yeah, and me and David Sebastian <laughs> were the two guys in the front, like right at the edge of the stage. <laughs> There was one show where we were like halfway through that little train dance sequence and I was like, "Oh shoot, I haven't been singing this whole time. Like I haven't even I haven't even been pretending to sing like I normally do." <laughs> and I would always have at least a couple of people come up to me after each show and be like, "You didn't know any song lyrics, did you?" I was like, J "I just didn't know any of the ones when they put me in the front of things." <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. All right, right? <laughs> he had he had bigger things to worry about, okay? Yeah. He was in the front of the train. All right. <laughs> it's a conductor. Yeah. But even with that and not knowing lyrics, it, it was interesting to see just how, I mean, at that point, working so many different behind-the-scenes type jobs and then was in the process of directing something at that point, it totally shifted my perception on stage to everything. Yeah. That definitely happened with me, too, because that... Um, Hello Dolly was the first Yeah, I was gonna, I was show, gonna ask about that. Yeah, that was the first show that I have been in that, you know, ever since I started directing. And it, it really helped me to slow down and to really take, you know, even the small role that I had, um, just take it seriously. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I feel like I ever had. And yeah. That was probably one of my favorite roles. And it definitely wasn't the biggest role that I've had, but it was so fun. Yeah. So help me enjoy it and help me to really think about what I was saying and who I was and and all that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're about out of time, but we ask all of our guests at the end of every podcast to off the top of your head, come up with your favorite art center memory. It can be acting, directing, just hanging out, whatever, but off the top of your head, not prescripted, no thinking about it too much. Yeah. Favorite memory. Oh, Oh, that's so hard. There's been so many. Um, okay, yeah. There was one. <laughs> the first junior show that I directed was Little Women. And <laughs> there was, um, we weren't going to do a stage kiss in the show, but we joked about it. And some of the kids didn't know what that was. So I explained it. You know, and for those of you who don't know, it's basically where you put, you take your two thumbs, put them together, put them on over your lips and you, but you do that as you're going in to kiss the person, air quotes, kiss. And, uh, so you, your hands look like they're like wrapped around the other person's face, but mm -hmm. you know, you're kissing your own thumbs. Okay. That's, it's like the barrier. So I explained all this to one of our fellow students who, I don't know if I should out him or not. Nah, no, no outing. <laughs> okay, no outing the fellow student. He knows who he is, <laughs> but <laughs> hope he listens to this. And uh, he went to try it out. And instead of, <laughs> instead of putting, waiting in, to put his hands around said person's face and to put his, you know, thumbs in place over his mouth, he literally, I wish I could show you, but this is a podcast, you know, but he just put it right there over his, his lips and then leaned in. So he looked like he was, I don't know, like a, a mole or like a, <laughs> what else could this be? I, I honestly Some have crazy no idea. Bird? Yeah, like, I, sure. Just his, 
his all his hands were just you know just sticking out and it was just all, them, all, all of his hands. hands. <laughs> I meant fingers. Anyways, so awkward. And then immediately all of the cast that knew what it was supposed to look like started cracking up and just oh, dying man. laughing. And actually, they caught it on video too. Oh, that's so great. I feel like they just <laughs> knew that something funny was gonna happen. But yep, that was that was so funny. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast <coughs> with us. Yes, thank you guys for having me. It has been fun, as always.